Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I want to give you some of the lay of the land of what's going on out there and what to expect. Uh, before I do that, though, I want to take Steve's phone call. Uh, Steve, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Eric? Great. What's going on? Hey, uh, earlier in the week, I uh, was listening, and you gave some advice to people about uh, not making politics your god or something to that extent. Yeah. And uh, I was I was wanting to call in and, and you know thank you for all that. And um, it just kind of the week went along. I thought, well, I'm going to go ahead and give you a call because uh, I think it's good advice for not just Christians, but for you know uh, those people that don't have a faith or other faiths or whatever, mm-hmm. because what you said is so practical to be able to go out and do things in your own community and make a difference there in your family and, and in your schools or whatever. So I just appreciate that. Well, look, I, I appreciate you saying that. I actually, as a matter of fact, um, was texting with Philip here a little while ago and said, will, will you please get that? Uh, I, I We also videotaped that monologue and going to push it out on Sunday oh. for people to hear. Um, if so, anyone um, who, who's subscribed to the daily email is going to get it again on Sunday. I appreciate you uh, calling in about that. And for those of you who missed at the time, just a real synopsis here from what Steve is saying is politics is going to let you down. It is going to let you down. It's a cruel mistress. Um. There are people who think that we should impose Christian values, and I say impose Christian values on the nation. I think that we need good people of faith and politics who will vote their conscience and let their conscience and their worldview guide them. It's not an imposition, it's, it's voting. And if the voters then turn you out of office, they turn you out of office. But you can't impose stuff and not expect repercussions from the voters. But the point is that a lot of people, they put their faith in politicians these days. And I think that, you know, they deny it. A lot of people deny it, but they do it. And if you, this is one reason I I think a, a lot of people on the right really fundamentally believed that Donald Trump was going to save them from the left. And there were, frankly, I think some people who really believed that Donald Trump was God's anointed. I've heard that from people that that God put him there. And it is true from a biblical sense that all leaders are put in place by God, including Joe Biden. But that somehow Donald Trump was, was set apart in ways he really wasn't. And you're always going to get let down by politicians. You just are. You know what another name of a politician is? Sinner. You don't put your faith in a bunch of sinners. And a lot of people put their faith in sinners. And then they get disappointed, disaffected. They get disenchanted, they become cynical, and they walk away. Don't do not do that. There's a role for people to play in politics. There really is. You, you do, 
you should go vote. I'm not going to tell you how to vote. I have strongly held opinions on who I think people should vote for, but I, you, you go vote. Just you voting is more important than you voting for the person I think you should go vote for. Unless you're an idiot, then please don't go vote. We have a lot of stupid people in the world. Let's just be honest. There are stupid people in the world, and they really shouldn't vote. I think it, frankly, should be harder to vote. But if you're registered to vote, go vote. If you're frustrated, go go vote to change the direction of the country. You have that right. It is your right as an American citizen. But there are a lot of people, I think, who have made politics such an idol that they can't bring themselves to be friends with people who are on the other side of the political spectrum from them because they really do believe those people are going to destroy the country. And I have to be careful how I say this because there are some, I think, who do want to destroy the country. But overwhelmingly, that's not true. It's just they want the country to go in a different direction and they think it would be better. And you and I can look at them and think, no, this would destroy the country. And they think, no, actually, I think it would make the country better. And they just disagree. But if you can't be friends with that person, if you can't be friends with someone because you think that their policies would destroy the country, you're not really loving your neighbor. You've made politics your God. And they are committing a heresy. They're an apostate. They they need to be burned at the stake. They need to be beaten. They need to be punished. And I just don't think that's healthy. And I was there at one point in my life. I was that person that it was all life and death and every election was the most important election. And if you don't vote, the country's going to hell in a handbasket. And I've lost a lot of elections in my lifetime and I've won a lot of elections and the country hasn't really gone to hell in a handbasket. I may not like the direction the country's headed. I may look like, feel like we're headed off a cliff, but that's a cultural problem that is beyond politics, frankly. And it's on both sides of the aisle. There is, I think, an unhealthy reliance on politics as a form of entertainment in this country on both sides. I think there is an unhealthy reliance on politics as a way to find solutions to what ails us. I personally think we would all be better off if we stopped looking to Uncle Sam's man boob to take care of us and we started taking care of each other. And that includes loving your neighbor. And I don't say this to be provocative. I really, really don't say this to be provocative. The only religion on planet Earth that has the idea of loving your neighbor as yourself and actually doing to people what you want them to do to you, to keep in mind, every religion on planet Earth has a version of the golden rule, and they're always expressed in the negative. Don't do to people what you don't want them to do to you. Leave people alone, essentially. And along comes this guy, Jesus, and he twists all of that on its head. From don't do to others to do to others, do to others. What do you do to those others? Do to others what you want them to do to you. And note, it is a singular transaction. It is not do to others so that they will do to you what you've done to them. No, it's do to others what you want them to do to you. Whether they reciprocate or not doesn't matter. You treat them the way you want them to be, treat you. 
doesn't matter if they don't treat you that way in return. And part of the problem we have these days in a post-Christian society is there are a lot of people who try to go out of their way to do things to other people. And when those people don't reciprocate in the same way, they get mad. They get their feelings hurt. They say, well, I'm never going to treat them nice again. I treated them nice and they didn't do anything nice back to me. Their behavior is not controlling on your behavior unless you make it so. And all of us now look to government for help. We want the government to do things. We, we want the government to fill the pothole, which makes sense. But we want the government to educate our kids. Why? Honestly, I think the greatest money the conservative movement could spend would be to sell the Heritage Foundation building in Washington, D.C. and all the other think tank buildings in Washington, D.C., get those millions of dollars and fund scholarships for poor kids to go to private Christian classical education schools. Conservative billionaires, stop wasting your money on think tanks and stop wasting your money on super PACs to get candidates elected. And you spend those billions of dollars on getting poor kids into classical education schools. Give them the education the government want. I, I, I saw someone the other day on, or actually it was this morning on social media that said, when a private school fails to educate, it goes out of business. When a public school fails to educate, it gets more money. If you want to have a real impact on the lives of Americans, go push for school choice. I live in Georgia. It is profoundly aggravating to me that the Republicans in Georgia will not advance school choice. It is profoundly aggravating to me that uh, the, the Republicans in Georgia who claim they're for the children, who want to help the children, uh, they do not want to lift a finger and actually help the children get out of public schools uh, and, and improve their lives. They, they don't want to do it. They say they want to do it. They don't really want to do it. They want to keep those kids in public schools. And inevitably, most of them, they're married to, to someone in the public school system. And so the Republican Party in Georgia, where I am, and frankly, the Republican Party in Texas, where a lot of my friends are, they function as key subsidizers of the public school system while pounding their chest saying, we're for school choice. And they never actually deliver on it because they don't actually want to do it. Frankly, they don't want the poor black kids coming to their schools. If you want to improve the lives of these kids, get them into the private classical education, Christian-based schools. But regardless, don't make politics an idol. Love your neighbor. I say this, and, and again, I don't mean to be provocative on this, but you should radically love your neighbor so much so that you, the conservative who thinks transgenderism is a whole bunch of hooey. You should love your transgender neighbor so much that they're like, you know what? We're going out of town. Would you mind coming by and watering the plants while we're gone? You should be that sort of neighbor. But to be that sort of neighbor, you actually have to know your neighbor. You actually have to have to understand who they are. You have to actually know them. I actually know all of my neighbors. I make a point of introducing myself to my neighbors. When new people move in on the block, take them a cake, say hello. I actually do that as rather old school, I realize. But I mean, Scripture says, love your neighbor. You you really need to know your neighbors because you're going to find your welfare and your protection there, not in Washington, D.C. And so many people have made Washington just so powerful, so big, so influential, so be all end all that now anything about Washington, uh, it, it dominates the conversation and it really shouldn't. I mean, it should here. I am a national talk radio show host. I got to talk about what happens in Washington, but it shouldn't be so much so that you have this sense of existential dread that Washington 
has the power to destroy your life. Washington should not have that power. As I mentioned yesterday, Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution describes the powers of Congress, and we should, as a people, commit ourselves to getting back to that, not expanding the power of Washington, not using the power of Washington to reward our friends and punish our enemies. We shouldn't be doing that. What we should be doing is de-escalating Washington, D.C. If we are in the situation where we are on the verge of a great national crack-up or violence because of Washington, D.C., we should be de-escalating the situation by neutering Washington, D.C. We should be treating Washington, D.C. like Bob Barker used to treat the animals on Price is Right, have them spayed and neutered. Frankly, there are a number of members of Congress who need that anyway, given their philandering behind their wives' backs. But you live in a town somewhere. You live in a town or a city, wherever you are. I've got a way more expansive audience than I used to have, and I know looking at my live stream data, I've got a, a pile of, of listeners. I've got listeners in um, Traverse City, Michigan. So if you live, if you're listening right now in Traverse City, Michigan, or you're listening, you're one of my listeners in Toledo, Ohio. Seek the welfare there. If you live in a small town somewhere and you're listening to me on live stream or your local radio station has put me on, thank you. You're in Southern Pines, North Carolina. Seek the welfare of that place. Seek to improve the lives of the people there. Love your neighbor there. Because Washington, D.C. has a lot of power, and Washington, D.C. can't upset our lives. It can change the taxes. It can regulate our businesses. It can also cause all sorts of problems. But your local school board and your local city council and your local county commission do more. But don't just hear me in those political terms because I'm not just talking about that. Somewhere in your town, someone needs you. Last night, I stayed up until 2 o'clock in the morning with a friend who just needed a friend. He wanted to hang out. We hadn't seen each other in a while. He's going through some stuff. People are going through stuff in your town. And we're all more isolated than we used to be. We're all more likely to think we're friends with someone and have an emotional connection to someone on social media whose life, carefully curated life, no less, we uh, follow on Instagram or Snapchat or TikTok. What about the guy down your street who doesn't have social media, who's going through a rough patch and you don't know him? But that's your actual neighbor, not the person on social media. And you could have a meaningful impact on that person's life. And who knows, one day that person could be some person who remembers your act of kindness or not. But you got the ability to actually improve someone's life in your community completely unrelated to politics. But if you make politics your idol, it's the only thing you worship. And we see that so much on the left. They really do think that all of our world could be improved by passing laws in Washington, D.C. And that's simply not so. And we on our side should not forget that. We improve each other's lives by meaningfully engaging with each other, not by getting Washington to do something and abdicating our own responsibility. I don't have enough time to take a phone call right now, but if you will stand by, those of you on the phones, I promise I will take your phone calls uh, in the next half hour. Real quick, though, Fox News has just dropped a poll, 
And uh, Fox News says that the generic ballot is now tied Republican and Democrat. Also, uh, Joe Biden's approval is up to 42 percent. I'm not surprised if you've been listening to me for the last couple of weeks. I've been telling you this was going to happen because it happens at this time of year that the Democrats historically have a polling rebound. Don't really pay attention to the polling until after Labor Day, really after September 15th and into October. Things start to settle in large part because they shift from registered voters to likely voters at that time. Some pollsters are already using likely voters, but the registered voter pool tends to skew Democrat anyway. I do think that it turns out, after all, the the Dobbs decision really did galvanize some support for the Democrats, but are those people actually going to go vote? I doubt it. If you look at the likely voter polling out there, it is skewing much more to the Republicans. But at this time of year, always there's a bounce in the polling, and there's a reason for that bounce. You can probably repeat it with me ad nauseum by now because I've said it so much in the last couple of weeks. Republicans have kids. Democrats don't. Republicans are taking their kids to the beach or the mountains for one last vacation before school starts, or their kids are in school, as mine are. They just started. And so you are far more focused on your kids and vacation and school starting and getting back into the fall routine than you are talking to pollsters. And also, Republicans spend less time talking to pollsters than Democrats do. Increasingly, Hispanic voters who are leaning to the right also don't spend a lot of time talking to pollsters these days. So I would be very cautious right now of all the polling. Take the poll average. The Republicans are ahead by one-tenth of one percent in the polling average right now. They have been that way for a week or so, which is also normal. Don't look at the individual polls, though. The individual polls are all static and noise. The polling average kind of sorts it out into something to pay attention to. But above all else, let the Democrats enjoy their gloat right now because they're going to be an abject panic after about the middle of September when the polling settles into likely voters and they realize what's upon them. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is a free-for-all today on the phones. You can call in 877 877- Nine seven three seven four two five. Should you wish to be a part of this here program, uh, real quick, I got to bring you up to speed. Uh, Fox News has obtained the receipt, not the affidavit. The affidavit is confidential. They don't have the affidavit. They have the receipt of the documents that were taken uh, by the FBI from Mar-a-Lago. Uh, Let me read you this now from Fox. FBI agent seized classified records from former President Trump's home at Mar-a-Lago during its unprecedented raid on Monday, including some marked as top secret, according to documents reviewed by Fox News. U.S. Magistrate Judge Bruce Reinhart signed the warrant on August 5th, giving the FBI authority to conduct its search on or about August 19th, 2022, in the daytime between 6 a.m. and 10 p.m. The location to be searched included the quote-unquote 45 office, all storage rooms, and all other rooms or areas within the premises used or available to be used by the former President of the United States and his staff, and in which boxes or documents could be stored, including all structures or buildings on the estate, the warrant stated. 
The warrant gave agents the authority to seize, quote, all physical documents and records constituting evidence, contraband, fruits of crime, or other items illegally possessed in violation of the U.S. Code, including documents with classification markings and presidential records created between January 20th, 2017 and January 20th, 2021. According to the property receipt, also reviewed by Fox News, FBI agents took 20 boxes of items from the premises, including one set of documents marked as, quote, various classified TSSCI documents, which refers to top secret and sensitive information. The property receipt also showed the FBI agents collected four sets of top secret documents, three sets of secret documents, and three sets of confidential documents. The property receipt does not reveal the details of those records. The list also included a leather-bound box of documents, binders of photos, handwritten notes, miscellaneous documents, miscellaneous top secret documents, miscellaneous confidential documents, and other records. The former president and his team are disputing the classification and believe the information and records uh, to have been declassified. Now, there is a Supreme Court ruling you should know that uh, the Supreme Court has said if a president declassifies something, it is declassified. And if Trump, by taking it to Mar-a-Lago, deemed it declassified, arguably it could be declassified. But that is, that's, that's the... Update from Fox News, that's what the affidavit, not the affidavit, they don't have the affidavit, they have the receipt, and they have the warrant, and that's everything described. Now, to the phones we go, 877-973-7425, Keith, you're going to, whoa, Keith, whoa, 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 what on earth, wow, Keith, I would like to come to you, but first I'm going to go to Lance, Lance, welcome, if I still have an eardrum. Okay. (laughs) How are you? Slava Ukraine. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I'm learning. Anyway, uh, I was on Facebook and I made a comment against Russia in reference to them shelling the one nuclear power plant outside of Zephyrnitsa. And they've been shelling it, and their defense minister said, if they can't have it, nobody will. That's really smart. And if they have another accident at a new plant like they did at Chernobyl, I cannot tell you the ramifications that that will have on that country and Europe. But oh, absolutely. Because, because I called the Russians stupid, someone went to Facebook and said, he's complaining about that. So they cut me off for three days for calling the Russians stupid. Now, how about that for thought police? Yeah, so, you know, the, the the nanny stater ninnies who whine to Facebook about stuff like this, you know, it's like the people who whine on Twitter. The people who whine on Twitter are even worse because uh, in large part they know they can get Twitter to cave. Like Facebook won't delete your post even if they put something up um, about it. But it, Twitter just deletes every conservative post. You know, Twitter says now they're going to regulate conversations about the election. That just means they're going to censor us. All right. Gonna go back to Keith. Keith, Charlie says you're good to go. Welcome to the program, Keith. Thank you, sir. Sorry about that. I'm actually working lawn care, so my equipment was running, and I made sure to cut it off real quick. Well, I just want to say, so one, I'm a 32 year old male, and I didn't really start watching or following politics until probably I was 30, and it started with your predecessor, Rush Limbaugh. He like really got me to start paying attention, and 
I just wanted to say that I appreciate what you do so much, and you've kind of really helped me in my whole outlook of politics and everything like that, seeing how no matter what our neighbor is, whether they're Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal, anything that God still wants us to love them, doesn't mean we have to agree with what they say or even agree with the things that they do, but that just kind of really changed my whole mind frame on politics and changed everything about it because I started thinking of my own life and I was like, I was kind of holding, I guess you could say grudges over certain Democrats and stuff like that. And now I'm like, no, like now I really know I should love them regardless because I am a devout Christian and like a big thing with me is in 2015, I died three times, but was able to bring Bob back to life. And that's all like from God. And the fact that you keep God in what you talk about dealing with politics and everything is just incredible to me. And has really changed like my whole outlook on everything. Well, look, Keith, I, I, I appreciate it. And, and I will acknowledge that it can also be very hard to, to love your neighbor. Um, sometimes yes. it's, it's hard to love people even in your own family, but you know, I, I think we got to keep that perspective. And, and so thank you, uh, very much for calling and, and sharing, uh, you know, I'm, it's not easy to do. And I will tell you, there are people, I will have emails from people saying, stop talking about this stuff that it's, it's not relevant. It, it's, it's, why do you believe this stuff? Uh, the, your imaginary sky God, I'm not a Christian. Why do you talk about this? You, you know, philosophically, theologically, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to take from it, the fact is, if you're a jerk to your neighbors, take religion out of it, take, take the golden rule out of it, take love your neighbor out of it. Just, if you're a jerk to your neighbors, how do you, why would your neighbors want to have anything to do with you? And maybe some of you are fine that way. But we're not supposed to be isolated, and we have allowed ourselves to be isolated. How many of you spend more of your day looking at your phone than looking into the eye of someone? How many of you do that? I find myself, and I, I struggle with it. My my wife and my kids telling me something, and, and I'm I'm just I gotta glance at my phone. I just gotta make sure. Just just gotta make sure. Having dinner with uh, my buddy last night, and we're at dinner, and my phone just keeps lighting up. And he's like, "Listen, man, I I I I work in this world. I understand if you need to if you need to take the phone call, if you need to look at your phone, it's okay." I was like, "I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy tonight. I want to enjoy our conversation, and it's so hard." And we isolate ourselves. I really do think, you know, there's, there is growing research on how isolated Americans are. And when you become isolated and you live your life online, you feel connected, don't you? I mean, you're always, you're finding information. You're wa watching the, the memes on social media. You're watching the, the, the reels on Instagram and the TikTok videos. And you feel like you're connecting with people, but you're really not. You're not breaking bread with them. You're, you're not having them into your home. You're not building meaningful relationships. You're, you're, you're watching people and building relationships in the abstract, not reality. So just, I mean, keeping it, it perfectly real. Um, 
I am very mindful of the fact that I have to these days be around people, and I am not a people person. I think people are stupid. And most people are. I mean, if you believe everyone's stupid, rarely will you be disappointed in life. But I got to I gotta hang out with people. I am not an extrovert. There are so many people who think I'm an extrovert because of what I do on radio or I hang out with crowds. No, it exhausts me to be around people. I've got to do an event next Thursday uh, with about 30 people, and I'm already dreading it. And, and it's not that I don't want to do it. I want to do it, but it just, these sorts of things exhaust me. Like, I can feel like I need a break. I've been around people so much in the last number of weeks, I feel exhausted. Like there's no off switch and I need a break. I'm I'm not a people person. I'm far more extroverted than the rest of my family, and I'm an introvert. But even I recognize I gotta I gotta at least have a small group of friends that I can hang out with. I was with a buddy of mine the other day who just he he just needed a vent. He didn't need me to to preach at him, at him, or with him. Or pray, he just needed somebody to hang out with and vent. And you can do that on social media, you can, uh, but it never goes well in the end. And we're all so isolated these days. And and the more isolated you get, the more prone to despair you are, the more prone to rage you are. And frankly, the worst thing about social media is we tend to become tribal on social media. And so we're with our tribes and both sides these days are fueled by emotion. Both sides are. There's not a lot of rational thought on the internet these days. It's all emotion. And the biggest emotion that drives people is anger at the other side. And so you get angry with the other side. You isolate yourself. You go online, you gravitate towards a tribe. That tribe hates the other tribe, so you hate the other tribe. You've become a gang member and don't even realize it. Meanwhile, you're spending all your time on your phone and not in study. I don't think it's a coincidence that the rise in suicide has come after the invention of the iPhone, and I don't blame Apple for that. I blame ourselves. We've become addicted to these devices where we look at the well-crafted, curated lives of others online, and we become in despair because all these people have all these great things. What about me? They don't put their crap life on the Internet. They don't put the part of their, their life on the Internet that's messy. Some do. I mean, I'll do it on occasion. But they don't generally do that. And so you look at it and you think, oh, well, everything must always be grand and glorious. Look at this person and their life, but you don't see the bad you don't see the despair. You don't see their loneliness. We are a bunch of lonely people. It's one reason I like to do these live events. It's one reason I like to get together with listeners because we're all rather isolated. Let's just admit it. You're listening to me right now. Where are you? You're in your car or you're outside working and you got headphones on listening to me or you're in your office and you're fairly isolated right now. If you're listening to me, you're not surrounded with a bunch of other people probably. And so I like to get people together because it's it's just nice to see each other in person. And we've gone through two years of this masklessness. You know, so I was supposed to do this event next week at my office. Uh, it was for Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. I auctioned off a night with me at my office. Um, we would do the, this live lounge we have at our office. Well, our company has put back in a mask mandate. I didn't even know. I'm not on the company email system right now for a lot of complicated reasons. I had no idea. Showed up yesterday at the office. Everybody had a mask on, but they were all dangling them from the side of their face. They weren't actually over their face. It was just nice to see people's faces, but we can't have people in the live lounge because the company technically has a mask mandate. So we got to go find somewhere to have people together because I want to see people smile. I want to see their ugly faces <laughs> or their nice faces. I just want to see their faces. I it, we, We've had two years 
of people missing being with people. And a lot of us in my family in particular, because we're such hermits, we were totally fine, but it's so isolating. It's so bad. And it allows us to be driven, all of us, by our worst impulses and by our fears and by our worries. We all develop the Eric Erickson personal motto of why pray when I can worry. And it's isolating. And we see it reflected in the politics of the age. All the people who think the, the republic is at an end becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because everybody hurts everybody as opposed to actually getting out and seeing humanity at its best, which you tend to find by going and volunteering at a soup kitchen or a food bank or a, a, a nonprofit somewhere in your community that's dedicated to your community. And there you find the people who are really dedicated to actually helping one another in the community, seeking the welfare of the city in which they live, as opposed to the brain biblical donkeys of politics who exist online, whose sole job in life is to stir you up so you send them more money. The grifters have made it all bad. All right, I'll get off the soapbox. Uh, right now, I do want to tell you, listen, I, I, I do recognize Washington can make your life worse. Look at the economy right now. That's why you may want to reach out to my friends at Gold Co. Because the folks at Gold Co. want you to learn how to use precious metals, gold and silver in particular, to take care of your IRA, your 401k, and other retirement savings. You can call them at 855-904-5933. You'll get a free wealth protection kit from them. You'll learn how to use gold and silver to protect and grow your money. Thousands of retirees are protecting their retirement savings. Many are getting $10,000 or more in free silver for doing it. Call Gold Co. Find out how you qualify for the special offer. Again, 855-904-5933. Gold Co. has helped thousands of Americans protect their retirement against inflation and stock market crashes. They want to be able to help you. Call them, see if they're a good fit for you. 855-904-5933. Or better yet, just text the word ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Text ERIC to 33777. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. But look at the time. We're almost out of time, so you can't actually call me. But we got other news we got to talk about. Um, we got, <laughs> well, um, I, I just, I do have to laugh. Uh, multiple media outlets are all running with the story of what was actually taken from Mar-a-Lago. Now, because they're top secret documents, they're not allowed to actually say what the documents actually are, but they're all running it as exclusives to them. And I just, I, I, I don't know. I just always find it funny where you got a bunch of different media outlets all rushing to say um, they've got this exclusive, but it's like five different news organizations all claiming some level of exclusivity. You know, I, I want to go back to a political point here. Um, Ron DeSantis. This actually, I think, helps DeSantis to a degree um, because it, it takes the spotlight off of him. Now, let me give you some inside story here. Ron DeSantis is up for re-election in Florida right now. This year, 2022, the Republican primary in Florida, they're, they're I think they just had it. They're about to have it. Doesn't matter. Marco Rubio is going to be the Senate nominee. Um, and DeSantis is going to run again, and he will win re-election. DeSantis knows all eyes are on him for 2024. He knows it. And he is very specifically refusing to even engage the subject. In fact, we're having a hard time getting getting him to come on this program. I'm on several stations down in Florida, 
And I've been telling him in his office, just, I would love for you to come on. I don't want to talk about 2024. I don't want to talk about running for president. I don't want to talk about national stuff. I want to just talk about Florida. I have Brian Kemp on regularly talking about his reelection in Georgia and what he's doing and what he's done. I want to do the same thing for DeSantis. They are really hesitant to go on national programs that are not in Florida right now because they don't want even the perception of running for president in 2024. Well, right now what you're seeing with this uh, raid on Trump is you're having a lot of people, particularly highly online people, I should note, saying, I think I was DeSantis, but I got to double down with Trump. I got to be Trump 2024. It doesn't matter. I mean, we're, we're in what, August of 2022? a year before things really start heating up more than a year before uh, you, you get into the, the Iowa caucuses, plenty of time. This helps DeSantis. It helps him because now people are not looking at him and he can focus on running for governor right now without the national media trying to, to throw landmines in front of him and, and blow him up in the process. Uh, I mean, he was going to win reelection anyway, but this allows him to do it without the distractions of the national stuff while also giving him some talking points to talk about uh, the abuse of government and the like. And notice everybody's back to talking about Trump right now and letting DeSantis be DeSantis in Florida.